The Holy Gospel according to St. Matthew, the fifth chapter. Glory be to thee, O Lord. Jesus said, Do not think that I have come to abolish the law or the prophets. I have not come to abolish them, but to fulfill them. For truly I say to you, until heaven and earth pass away, not an iota, not a dot, will pass from the law until all is accomplished. Therefore, whoever relaxes one of the least of these commandments and teaches others to do the same will be called least in the kingdom of heaven. But whoever does them and teaches them will be called great in the kingdom of heaven. For I tell you, unless your righteousness exceeds that of the scribes and Pharisees, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. You have heard that it was said to those of old, You shall not murder, and whoever murders will be liable to judgment. But I say to you that everyone who is angry with his brother will be liable to judgment. Whoever insults his brother will be liable to the council, and whoever says, You fool, will be liable to the hell of fire. So if you are offering your gift at the altar, and there remember that your brother has something against you, leave your gift there before the altar and go. First be reconciled to your brother, and then come and offer your gift. Come to terms quickly with your accuser while you are going with him to court, lest your accuser hand you over to the judge and the judge to the guard, and you be put in prison. Truly I say to you, you will never get out until you have paid the last penny. This is the Gospel of the Lord. Praise be to thee, O Christ. Grace, mercy, and peace to you from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. The question of the day is this. Why does Jesus care so much about the Ten Commandments? Why does he care so much? You heard in our Gospel lesson just how much he cares. Here's what he says. Do not think that I have come to abolish the law or the prophets. Don't think we're done with these things yet. I have not come to abolish them, but to fulfill them. I have not come to abolish them, but to fulfill them. All of the things that you heard in our Old Testament lesson, the Ten Commandments, God's will for his people, his punishments threatened against wickedness, and the rewards promised for righteousness, those are things that Jesus cares about dearly. St. Paul cares about them, too. You heard that in our epistle lesson. Here's what he said. He asks this question. Are we to continue in sin that grace may abound? Since we've been forgiven now, can we just ignore God's law? Can we stop thinking about sin and righteousness? Can we put the Ten Commandments out of sight and out of mind because we have forgiveness? Lots of Christians actually do think that way. They think that that's what forgiveness means. It means that you don't have to think about sin anymore, that you don't have to worry about God's law, that you don't need to think about what God says is right and wrong. But forgiveness isn't just a free pass on sin. It's not like a, a shopping spree on sin where you can go out and do all that you want. This is what Paul objects to. He says, by no means. That's not what forgiveness stands for. Instead, forgiveness is rescue. It's rescue from the death that we deserve on account of sin. If we were to live our lives indulging in sin, ignoring God's commandments as though they didn't matter one bit, it would be like the people of Israel who are standing at the foot of Mount Sinai in our Old Testament lesson, having been brought out of Egypt, rescued from slavery, brought through the Red Sea, rescued from Pharaoh's armies. It would be like them standing there and looking back to Egypt and saying, hey, it was pretty good back in Egypt. We kind of liked it. 
being slaves and being driven to make bricks for a godless pharaoh. If we live our lives as though God's law does not matter, if we indulge in sin, it's like living as a slave once you've been set free. It's like living as a dead person, as a corpse, after you've been raised from the dead. It's like dropping back into the grave with the worms and the rot and the dirt once you've been pulled out of that grave. Of course, that's not how we ought to live. By no means, St. Paul says. Jesus cares about God's law, about God's Ten Commandments, because the whole point of forgiveness is a new life, a new life that looks like those Ten Commandments. Why does Jesus care so much about the particulars? Why does he hold it in such high regard? Why does he say you can't even relax one little bit, one little yoda or one dot, not even the little dot that's above the letter I? Anybody who changes that, who takes that away, will be called least in the kingdom of heaven. Why does he care so much? I got three reasons for you that I want to think about this morning. Three reasons why Jesus cares so much about God's law. And the first one is this. Jesus loves the Ten Commandments because he loves his creation. He loves this world. He loves his creatures. Imagine what it would be like if Jesus didn't care one bit about the Ten Commandments. If he didn't care about right and wrong or good and evil or righteousness and wickedness. What would the world look like? I imagine that there's enough evil in the world already right now to make you think that Jesus doesn't care about right and wrong. Imagine if he withheld his hand, if he let things run amok, if he hadn't placed into our hearts or written into the world a sense of what's right and wrong, a sense of God's law. Imagine how the world would look then. It'd be like that police officer I told you about a few weeks ago who, when he sees a criminal running off with some poor lady's purse, would say, hey, that's, that's not, none of my business, is it? Or like the parent who sees his child with his hand in the cookie jar and says, hey, who am I to judge, right? That's what our world would look like, that kind of a house. Our world would look like that kind of a house run amok if God said, I don't care about what's right and wrong anymore. You've got forgiveness now. I don't care about my commandments. Jesus loves the Ten Commandments because he loves his world. And the Ten Commandments are here to protect us, to stem the tide of evil, to prevent the world from running amok, to prevent evil from overtaking everything. Imagine those stories in the Old Testament, which are really terrible, brutal stories like the flood and Sodom and Gomorrah. Now, it might seem like a nice idea for those stories never to have taken place, but what is God doing when he washes the world with the flood or when he destroys Sodom and Gomorrah with fire from heaven? What is he doing? He's keeping evil at bay. He's putting a stop to wickedness so that it does not overrun the world, so that his world is not destroyed by it. Think about the story of the Tower of Babel where God confuses the language of the people and scatters them throughout the world. Why did he do that? God said at the Tower of Babel, he looked at what they were doing, what they were building, and what they were accomplishing, and he said, look, these people are incredible. And whatever they put their hand to, whatever they set their mind to, they will accomplish. And that's why he scattered them. Because, of course, what kinds of things would evil people accomplish? Certainly nothing good. If he had let them have their way, if he had let them continue to build, if he had let them go their own way, evil would have run amok. So God loves his commandments. Jesus loves his Ten Commandments because they protect us. They protect his creation from the sin that infects this world. That's why Jesus cares so much. It's like the rules that any household has. So in our house, of course, you can't play with knives. Why? Because that's how you lose an eye. 
You can't eat sweets all day. Why? Because you need to eat nutritious food in order to be healthy. The rules are there to protect people, to protect his creatures. God loves his law. Jesus loves his Ten Commandments because he loves his creation. And on top of that, those laws exist. The rules exist. The Ten Commandments are here for the sake of his church. The church would not be able to thrive and exist at all if evil were to overtake the world, if evil were to run amok. God holds evil at bay with his commandments so that the church, his kingdom, can grow, so that more people can hear about the gospel and believe in his promises and receive his mercy and forgiveness. Jesus loves his Ten Commandments because they let the church flourish in this world. He also loves the Ten Commandments for a second reason, and that is because he loves sinners. Maybe this seems a little bit strange, considering that the Ten Commandments condemn sinners. They tell us what the punishment is for sin, which is eternal death and hell. Jesus loves the Ten Commandments because he loves sinners, and the reason is that the Ten Commandments do not let sinners off the hook. They don't let you get a free pass. They don't let you think that you've been righteous and holy, that you don't need God's help, that you don't need his mercy. They leave no wiggle room for you. They leave no opportunity for you to think that you've been holy in God's eyes. Take the fifth commandment, for instance, which is what Jesus talks about in our gospel today. The world would be completely satisfied that you had kept the fifth commandment if you managed never to kill anybody your life long. But what does Jesus say about the fifth commandment? He says it's not just about protecting your neighbor from violence, but it's also getting at the root of the problem, which is in your heart. So if you've ever harbored violence against your neighbor in your heart, if you've ever thought a cruel or evil thought against him in your heart, you are as guilty of the fifth commandment, breaking the fifth commandment, as one who has actually raised his hand against his neighbor. The fifth commandment leaves no wiggle room for any of us. There is no one here who has not broken the fifth commandment. This is what Jesus says about them. Whoever relaxes one of the least of these commandments and teaches others to do the same will be called least in the kingdom of heaven. There is no room for any of us to stand up in the court of God's law and say, I have kept the commandments, as that rich young man did who stood before Jesus, and Jesus asked him, what have you done? Have you been good or bad? Have you been righteous or holy? And the young man said, I've kept all these commandments from my youth. God's law keeps you from saying that. It keeps you from thinking that you've been righteous and holy, and much more. It brings you to your knees like St. Peter last week before Jesus, saying, I'm a poor, miserable sinner. The surprising thing about Jesus and about God's law is that that is exactly where he wants you. He wants you to say, I'm a poor, miserable sinner. Because unless, unless you understand that you are a poor, miserable sinner, the abundance of his mercy, his lavish grace and love for you, will be of no use to you. But if you understand that you're a poor, miserable sinner, that there's no wiggle room for you in God's law, that you have not been righteous and holy, that you deserve eternal death, then his blood and righteousness become your most precious possessions in all the world. You understand, if you are sick with sin, that you need a physician. This is actually the answer to folks who think that coming to church is optional for Christians. What's the answer? Well, it's if you don't think that you're sick, of course you don't go to the doctor. But not coming to church is like being a cancer patient who thinks that he doesn't need to go and see the doctor for a cure. What God's law does is like that CT scan that shows you throughout your body where the cancer has been found so that you understand you need to go to the physician who can cure you, who can help you, who can deliver you from your sickness. This is why Jesus loves the Ten Commandments. 
because they show you your sickness. But it doesn't just leave you there. Jesus offers himself as the great physician, the healer of body and soul, who forgives all your sins and promises you a new life with him in heaven. Which leads to the third reason that Jesus loves the Ten Commandments. He loves them because they give you a picture of what life in God's kingdom is like. Jesus loves the Ten Commandments because he loves life in God's kingdom. Think about what it, what it says that we have to be concerned about these Ten Commandments, that we have to think about them, that they're difficult for us. The reason why we struggle with the Ten Commandments, why we struggle to keep God's law, is because the devil is always tempting us and sin is lurking within our hearts. If it weren't for those things, we wouldn't need the Ten Commandments because we would just do them automatically, just like Adam and Eve did in the Garden of Eden. Jesus loves the Ten Commandments because they show us what life looks like in the kingdom of God, the life that we're headed towards, the life that we're aiming at. This is the life that St. Paul says you already have right now because you've been baptized into Christ. We were buried with him by baptism into death in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, we too might walk in newness of life. This is the goal, a life of loving God and loving your neighbors. And the Ten Commandments show us what that life looks like so that we can strive towards it, so that we can begin even now to live the life of heaven in this world, to live a life of God's kingdom right now. Considering where we came from, considering our death in sin, considering that we were already on our way to hell, that we were so infected with sin that we could not rescue ourselves, considering that, we have a lot to learn about this new life in God's kingdom. We have a lot to gain from the Ten Commandments, from seeing what life ought to look like and rejoicing at the goodness of that life. The commandments are beautiful, and Jesus loves them because they show us what heaven looks like. Think about all of the descriptions that you've heard of heaven, all of the descriptions that you read in the Bible. Why is it that there are no tears in heaven? Why is it that there's no sorrow? Why is it that there's rejoicing and happiness and comfort? Why? It's because there are no sins. It's because the Ten Commandments are God's will kept by everyone living perfect lives of holiness. That is the goal. That's what we're aiming at. And that is the life that we begin to live even now as forgiven sinners, as people who have been rescued from sin, as people who, like the people of Israel, are on their way to the promised land. That is the life that Jesus will deliver to us. And so in the meantime, he gives us the Ten Commandments to help us on our way. Let us begin to live that life now. There is a day coming when you will live it perfectly, with joy in heaven. Let us begin to live it now, let us learn to love the commandments even as Jesus loves them. To him alone be all glory now and forever. And may the peace of God which passes all understanding guard and keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Amen.